Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Brendan Ryan gives an update on the success of selective dry cow therapy in the Palace Kenry dairy herd, despite challenges of high somatic cell count while cows transition to a new milking system and a later than normal milk recording. The last back end of the year, autumn last year, came wet and we actually ended up carrying, um, I suppose we didn't end up carrying higher covers, but we carried an overall higher farm cover. Um, closing cover at the end of November of A20, um, which would have which would have been close enough to 100 more than what I would have budgeted on. Um, usually go for closing up there at 750 and open around the thousand mark, thousand to 1100. But um, on the say the first of February, then 30th of January, um, opened up at uh, 1300, excess of 1300 of a cover, and. Um, so it brought challenges um, trying to meet targets. Um, so the first target we tried always trying to meet is get the 30% graze by the 1st of March. Um, start nipping in there on, on covers of 800 to 1,000, um, trying to try to get through it. And obviously, um, with a high six-week calving rate, um, demand is is significantly increased by especially coming on to the, the middle of February. We'd have um we'd have fifty percent calved in two weeks, like so. Um, the first target, yeah. So the first of of March, go for the tor- the thirty percent that uh, we hit that target. Um, struggled a small bit to hit the target of sixty six percent. Um, by Paddy's day, um, because. Of the the weather came came that bit tricky there from the the tenth to the fifteenth of of March there was there was even two weekends there that, that came tricky and we had to house um and then at that we had a lot of the uh, the dry ground grazed and was left with covers of nearly was eighteen hundred and two thousand of the higher the highest of the wedge that would have been too wet to graze all through February as well um so yeah like I mean. Getting cows to grass, we we milk on uh we go on uh, once a day for maybe the first three weeks of of Kevin. Um, there's a a night person on on Kevin and uh, locking barriers on in front of the cows. The cows have ad lib silage after milking in the evenings. Um, then barriers are locked five six o'clock in the morning. Cows go to grass, whether depending at ten o'clock in the morning they're in then, um for come in then for milking time then start around two o'clock. Um, and where where the opportunity arises, um, they will go out for three hours. They they went mainly out for February for three hours after milking, um, and back in then again on three kilos of silage, um, ad lib again. Just very important, I suppose, on off grazing that um, I suppose cows, yes, they are restricted a small bit, um, before they go out, but they have ad lib until everything has silage until. It's locked off. Like we're not running out of silage there at two o'clock in the morning, and then suddenly um, come on there at six or seven o'clock in the morning, and then decide it's it's raining and we have to get silage into them, and we can't leave them out. And they're like it's just uh, cows and heifers come under pressure then at that stage. So um, I'd leave silage until we lock off four hours without silage, and then they go out for their for their belly grass and they come in for me. 
And I think it's a good point you make, uh, Brendan, and I guess it, it reflects that balance you're trying to achieve and, you know, achieving those grazing targets, but also making sure that the cow is fed. And and looking then to, um, I guess, you know, you, you mentioned you hit the uh, target for the 1st of March, you know, you struggled a bit in early March. You know, at what stage did you move to the second round? And, you know, what sort of availability of grass had you at that point? Um, so we moved to the second round actually five days earlier than budgeted. So um, on the 2nd of April, we started mixing the second round, which would have been 1,200 covers um, with the last of the first round, which would have been 800, 1,800 and 1,900 covers. Um, and we actually lifted and, and went straight full-time second rotation then by the 5th. So there was a three-day transition there, I suppose, just to kind of um, transition in their stomachs, I suppose, you're going into lighter, softer grass, um, second rotation, as opposed to more dense, uh, higher dry matter in the uh, the second round. And obviously, minerals in the meal and um, through the water was very important then at that stage because they were risk- running the risk of um, magnesium going into the start of the second rotation. And, and to the cow, Brendan, from a cow health perspective, how did the calving season of 2021 go? Yeah, from the cows, actually, um, calving season went, went overall went well. But, I mean, we did encounter problems and you, you, we always encounter problems every year. Um, so, I mean, there was 4% of the cows that calved um, got milk fever. Um, and it wasn't all the lay calvers, but predominantly it was, uh, we'll say 60%, 70, 60 to 70% of them. Overcondition, I suppose, was a was a, a problem there uh, for the Anton over after Anton after the 10th of March, I suppose, 15th of March. Um, cows would have been on, would have been dry, fully dry by the 15th of December. And cows that are not calving then for the three months and four months after um on 78 percent dmd silage like it's just um it's it's a it's a recipe for disaster really to be honest and you've obviously reflected on that brendan if, if you know you know the proportion of cows and the type of cow that fell into that category that um that got milk fever uh post calving you know as you reflect are there actions that ye plan for the coming dry period say i, I know it's very far away at this point but how will you change to reduce or eliminate milk fever from the herd next year yeah so i suppose back in back in october we'd always I'd always go for a body condition score in um in october uh picking out the cows then the thirteen um ones they're making sure they're they're on par for drying off and and everything is you know for your planet your plan and you're, you're only a month away from starting to dry off heifers then at that stage and um i suppose one thing I didn't do was, um, like, I mean, Christmas is a bad, t- I know it's a bad time for labour as well, but, um, like, going forward, uh, first week of January, cows would want to be body, body condition scored again um, and divided into their, accordingly into their groups, um, closest to Kevin, furthest away from Kevin, and then what comes into the category then of overweight and, and teen. I suppose look, it does add extra labour as well. But I mean, if it's if it's going to um, if it's going to run the, the to take away the risk of 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 meat fever, like I mean, the the prolonged effect as it has on the cow is is it's it's hidden. Like I mean, you follow them through, 
um, missing three weeks, six weeks of cycling, um, it becomes very expensive. Like, and and as you say, you know, I guess the body condition score on the first week of January, when you're not so busy, is you know, I, I guess time saved in treating that cow um, for milk fever when you're at the height of calving. Um, I guess looking then uh, to somatic cell count and Brendan, we would have had a discussion last autumn, um, you know, about your um, dry cow procedure and your use of selective dry cow therapy. Can you remind us um, about the decisions that you made at the in the autumn of 2020 in terms of um, whether a cow is suitable for selective dry cow or she would get um, antibiotics as a dry cow treatment? Yeah, so the criteria was um same as the year before. Um the dry period 2019, um 86% of the herd was dried off with uh sailor only. So last year that took a drop. Uh 69% were dried off um with sealer only. Um mainly because um a lot we had a very young herd the year before last and um they obviously they mature down now so it's 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 harder to keep it up it up as high when you have more cows in the herd um i would uh the three two hundred thousand is the the cutoff so the last three milk cartons um and and under two hundred thousand for the whole year is the was the cutoff we worked on and um it seems to have worked well and looking then to the start of this year, so cows started calving down in and around the 1st of February. Can you give us, um, I guess, um, an idea of the somatic cell count from calving and how it progressed through early lactation? When we start supplying milk at the start, there's a lot a lot of fresh cows going to it together um, and once a day as well. So it is, it does, it does stay high. Like, I mean, we started getting... Um, tests at the start for of 300,000 and if you got a case of mastitis and you wouldn't you hadn't get caught it the morning of it getting it it goes an extra day and it's 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 very hard to control cell count in that sense um we would have got yeah 300 350 for for a couple of tests um drop back then when they when they settle in a bit to 200 to 250 kind of hovering 200 to 250 um and then usually uh working after working after the year before last um, when we go on to twice a day milk recording or twice a day milking, we'd uh, milk record the middle of February. Um, we'd treat, uh, pick out the problem cows, treat them, um, and we'd usually get a good drop down to what's it, back to 120, 130, 40,000 um, within, the, within the week of going to twice a day and the milk recording done. But unfortunately, this year, um, we we moved into the the new parlor. This was the the middle of of February, um, still on once a day, and then would have transitioned to twice a day, coming to the end of February, and um, went for a milk garden. We were late doing a milk garden to start, and then went to do a milk garden. And unfortunately, we couldn't get a milk garden done in the new parlor until the second week of March. So it has um it has shows shown the the effects. A few points there um, to pick up on, Brendan. The first one that that really sticks out to me um, is the first milk recording and the the time that you'd put on that. So like a lot of people would aim for before St. Patrick's Day. And what you're talking about there is the middle of February, essentially a month earlier. Is that too early? And and, and what is the justification for going in the middle of February? 
Well, I suppose the, the system ran is, is like it's a compact Kevin system. So, I mean, yes, your six-week Kevin rate is 80, 85%, 86% this year. Um, but you've got to go back and look at uh, the three-week, like even the two weeks. Like most farmers are Kevin half to hard in two weeks and 60%, 65% in three weeks. I mean, if you're waiting, a lot of people would say they wait until most of the cows are calved uh, St. Patrick's Day. Like, you have cows there that are 60, 70, 70 days, 60 days in milk. Um, and if there is a problem there, it's it's uh, it's very hard to solve it, I suppose, the longer it goes. It's not caught early enough. Like. So essentially what you're doing is you're, you're acting early and picking up on the, on those problem cows. And I guess also then the, you know, an interesting fact that you're talking about, you know, moving to a new parlour and, you know, from what I'm aware, you were uh, the conventional herringbone and you're moving to the rotary. You know, what sort of changes, like obviously there's the stress of introducing cows to the new parlour, but outside of the, the milking facility, what other changes or were there other changes that you saw, um, I guess, for for the herd of cows, um, you know, moving from the herringbone that they've, they've had for a number of years and into the rotary now? Like, I mean, you have to, you have to allow for that... Um... Moving into a new parlour, that silicone might is going to rise that bit as well. So I mean, that is that's why silicone is running that small bit higher as well. You can, it's not the full problem, but I mean, going back on last week, last month's milk garden, um, cows that would have been twi- oh, it was 20, 30, 40 thousand silicone, um, would have would have rose up to 80, 90, and hundred. Like it's a small rise, but it's still it's rising the overall silicone of the herd. Like it's it's not a level of a big level of infection, but I mean. The, the rotary parlour, it took the month or even six weeks to for the cow and uh, to get used to it, transition into it. Heifers took that very well um, and the labour that it has saved is significant for the farm now at the moment. Um, so even si- ever since cows have gone out full-time, um, wires are taken up, three grazings in most paddocks, um, one-man system operation. Um, like it's, it's, it has, it's, the labour that is saved is is un, unbelievable compared to last year. And to those cows that, ha, you know, as you say, they were at anywhere between 20 and 40,000 on average. They've risen now and they're at 80 to 100. Do you anticipate that they will come back to their, you know, their average that, you know, as per their records? Or do you see them having that elevated cell count for the year? They have, they have come back in the last milk card, they have come back. Um, it was just it was at that distress period of some of them cows to, like we would have had half the herd kind of calved when we moved in some of the cows then would have never stepped onto the rotary and uh, I mean coming from calving um, calf taken away and then going to a parlour that they've never walked to and hard to get them into even um, it's it's a big stress period so I mean at the time of milk garden um, they would have been high higher than the usual but I mean they're, they're well settled in now and Silicon is back running running to between 110 and 130 now so I mean very happy now like but it's just it's just the effect that it had from not catching it early from the, from early spring that it took us the two milk cardens to get it back to where it should be and and then if we reflect on the selective dry cow um, selection and you mentioned that 69% of the herd were dried off without an antibiotic in the autumn of 2020 and that's based on your cut off of 200,000. 
do you, you know, that's something you mentioned you've used for two years now. So 2019, 2020. Are you happy with that number or is that threshold too high? Um, I am, I am, I am happy with that number, but you need to get more, uh, you need to get better at, I suppose, selecting cows that are like clean, I suppose, like cows that would have bits of warts on their, on their teeth and ones that would be lying down off the cubicle and maybe just, just uh, dirty in general, I suppose. Um, the ones, they'd be qualifying for the selective dry cow under 200,000, no issue with Selcom, but they have shown problems of um, picking up early infection when, when obviously like cubicles are done twice a day, um, but like if they're not lying up on them and they're not, and they're like, you can never have a, a teeth that teeth end that has warts and it, it'll never be clean. Like it, it holds a lot of bacteria. Looking then to the heifers, Brendan, um, you mentioned that they have transitioned very well and, you know, it's a reflection, I guess. They have no memory of milking in a herringbone parlour. So this, you know, while the milking procedure is all very new to them, um, you know, it's 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 nothing than of what they're not used to necessarily. Uh, how are you finding heifer cell count this year? Heifers actually have have a small given small few problems. Um in general, like I mean, six. You're talking, you're talking five percent uh, milking on three quarters, and two um, percent um, have been called from from uh, milking back to two quarters and a and a high cell high cell counts already. So I mean, um, teeth sealing are probably it, it's definitely something that has to be considered for the farm um, going forward. I mean. The year, from the year before last heifers were teeth sealed because it was the facilities the facilities weren't um, fully there but I mean there was there was no excuse this year so it, 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 it has shown that there is a, a problem there And when you say there was no excuse this year Brendan and, and you look back to say the winter of 2019 and compared to 2020 when you say facilities are you talking about there's, there's sufficient cubicles for the number of animals you know what exactly are you talking about there? Yeah so like I mean it would have always been a cubicle per cow or cubicle per heifer, but a lot of um, animals at that stage, we were, we were awaiting um, getting into a new shed. So a lot of animals would have been bedded on straw and peat and uh, even some on cubicles or on, on slats. So, I mean, uh, it's not the ideal um, condition. So we we um, got them teeth sealed and uh, worked very well, but decided to go against it for this year because they would, were um, obviously had it. In excess, in excess, they'd even five percent, ten percent extra cubicles um, this year, and uh, clean all line up. Um, but it just has proved that um, teeth sealing is probably is on the cards for the for this year. For back, go back doing teeth sealing for this year. And and to wrap up, Brendan, um, you know, throughout our last conversation and the discussion today, selective dry cow therapy is something that you're very much tuned into. And people listening today, you know, they might have only dipped their toe in the water last year. Um, you know, based on the experience that ye have um, over a number of years at Palace Kenry, can you give us any of your main learnings that you would have seen in last year's dry cow pe- period that, um, you know, led to success or a lack of success that you will change going forward when you look at the dry cow procedure for 2021? Well, I suppose the success is that um, all animals at the start are all individually quarter sampled. 
and it gives you that um, confidence to go ahead with it and go forward. Um, and especially going, just jumping back to cases of uh, subclinical mastitis, um, cases running at five, six hundred thousand. Um, that's one thing that I've learned that like CMTs, it won't show up on, on, on most quarters, but sending off the sample, four, teeth, four, four samples off and getting back your results and then treating that quarter accordingly has worked really, really well. Um, I suppose what hasn't worked well, um, last year, I suppose, when the cows would have been dried off, they would have been dried off in, um, in small bunches. Um, by students would have been done done most of the, the drying off for me last year. Um, but you're drying off 12 and 24 cows a day. Um, it's hard to get the exact number of cubicle space for it when you're adding on extra cows every every day and you're giving them, you know, and you can be limited near your, your milkers and at the other side. I suppose one thing I've learned is that definitely stick with the smaller groups, but Cows need that are dried off with sealer only, especially need to be treated like a milker for at least ten days after they've dried off. So I mean, this year the plan would be to keep them obviously in the group ten days on their own. Um, ran onto the, or walked onto the rotary um, for ten days after milking, and every quarter checked because we ran into problems last year at, at drying off four cows um, dried off. Um, front quarters that um, would have picked up infection but not got sick with it and it's very hard to herd a big number of cows inside in the shed when she's not showing any signs of sickness um, and you can't you can't individually check every cow when it's on cubicles and, and inside in the shed they're going to keep walking around um, so we would have ran that, that problem we, we lost two quarters because of it and uh, the other two were, were treatable they were and they had mastitis and was early detection so that's definitely a plan for this year and um yeah just back to the same as same as usual like that the no rush um smaller numbers have plenty of help i think you've made some really good points there brendan and you know as you say the the 200,000 is your cutoff and you know i put it to you about that that being a high threshold you know people would have started and you know palace kenry would have started at the 50,000 on day 1 of of the selective dry cow journey let, let, let's call it but as you say within that 200,000 your quarter sampling every cow so if there is a situation where you have a cow with a cell count of 200,000, but one particular quarter has 500,000, you know, you're going to treat that. You're not going to just seal her. I think also your point on, I would call it vigilance. Um, You know, you, you mentioned there is adequate facilities there. You're scraping and liming cubicles, so the facilities are clean. But being aware of a cow that's going to, you know, sit on the slats as opposed to sitting up on a cubicle and also being aware of cows, other structure. And if there are things like warts that, you know, that cow is potentially not suitable for the selective dry cow because there's a surface area there that's going to capture um, disease and infection and very much in line with what we would have heard in the, um, you know, from from Don Crowley. And also your, your final point there in terms of being uh, vigilant with those cows uh, post dry off in particular, in particular, the selective dry cows where 
you're going to, um, you know, put them up onto the rotary or put them into the parlour and, and have a look at them to make sure there's no infection brewing in the early dry cow period. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Brendan Ryan for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.